0: This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB
1: underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glynn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glynn, and this is episode 28 of the On the Banks podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And of course, you can follow On the Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at OnTheBanks.com. We are now right in the thick of this winter sports season. Conference play is underway. All these winter sports are really flying by and the spring season is slowly coming towards us. For all your coverage of every Rutgers team competing currently and the ones right now in their offseason, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. I am very excited to be joined by former Rutgers center CJ Geddes on episode 28 to discuss his time at Rutgers, his relationship with Coach Peichel and the staff, his professional career, and his take on this Rutgers rebuild. The men's basketball team obviously picked up a big win over a week ago, beating then 16th ranked Ohio State. The negatives, of course, coming out of that game was the injury to Eugene O'Marui. With Eugene out, I am interested to see the rotations that Coach Peichel ends up using. Obviously, the team still has size with both Shacks, Miles Johnson, and others, but Eugene is the heart and soul of this team, no doubt. He's their leading scorer and rebounder, and someone who was almost guaranteed a double-double in, in each and every game, or at least very close to it. Now, if there wasn't already enough pressure on Gio before, there is even more on him now with Eugene out. He now doesn't have that security blanket offensively of giving it to Eugene down low, so it's on him when the time comes to take the big shot. It's also on other role pieces to become factors. We have seen the continued growth both offensively and defensively of Montez Mathis. Think he had his really career and obviously season high in the last game against Purdue. He has stepped up and seems to have really found his stride. Ron Harper keeps growing and progressing, and Shaq Carter, in replacement of Eugene, has really taken that next step in his absence. It is important for the progress of this team going forward that these pieces continue to grow with Eugene out and step up to help Gio offensively when, of course, they're needed. I also, of course, wanted to mention the women's basketball team now ranked 20th in the AP Top 25 Poll. Let's be real. It's about time because this team, you know, they, they have marquee wins over a team that was when they played them, I believe, ranked in the top five in Maryland, beating them on the road. Of course, you know, they have good wins at home. They're riding, I believe, an eight game winning streak before tonight's game against Purdue. This team is clicking on all cylinders. And it's interesting because with all the injuries they've had and everything they've dealt with, dealt with in this early year, Cviv has really done a fantastic job keeping this group together with oftentimes a shorter bench. As I mentioned they picked up a massive road win uh, against Maryland and have since gone on to road wins at Illinois and at Nebraska. They have a tough stretch upcoming against Purdue as I mentioned tonight. Then they go to the Man- uh, then they play ranked Michigan State and of course Iowa to end that three game stretch. But right now they sit 5 and 0 in conference, first in Big 10 conference before the Purdue game tonight. If they're able to keep it up and remain consistent this could be a special season for Rutgers women's basketball and a season that really, at this point, should come with an NCAA tournament berth. Time to talk to the players. Here's your host, Lance Glynn. He joined Rutgers basketball as a graduate transfer right before the 2016-2017 season and instantly became a fan favorite. He helped lay the foundation for what Steve Peichel is building and is currently a member of the Cheshire Phoenix of the British Basketball League. I am pleased to be joined by former Rutgers center, C.J. Getty. C.J., how are you? Thanks so much for coming on the podcast all the way from England.
0: Yeah, no problem. Anytime.
1: So, C.J., before we talk about your time at Rutgers and everything you've done so far professionally, let's talk about how you got to Piscataway a couple of years ago. You obviously played four years at UNC Wilmington for Kevin Keats. You made the NCAA tournament as well. You decide to grad transfer for your for your final season. When you made that decision to, to move on and go to another school, was Rutgers even a place you considered— you know, of course, it was a program that had little success the year before. Did you think when the process started, it would be your destination, or did you have other schools in mind?
0: Uh, I had a mutual uh, with Coach Young, and uh, he set it up, and uh, things moved pretty fast because by the time I decided to actually transfer and become in, come into that portal, uh, I had to make a decision quick, and uh, a lot of other schools were interested, but they were starting very quickly, and that year, Rutgers just happened to start school about two weeks later than everybody else, uh, which helped me make my decision. But uh, being that Coach Pike was there for a first year and uh, Coach Young and I's relationship right off the bat, you know, just really laid the foundation for what I wanted. And, you know, uh, we kind of went from there and, you know, it, it worked out in the, in the long run.
1: So CJ, you decide to come to Piscataway. Why Rutgers though? Like you know, like I said before, it had little success before Steve Peichel became the head coach, yet you decided for your final season to come to a rebuilding program. What was it about the program, Coach Peichel and his staff, that made Rutgers an appealing school to spend your last college year?
0: Uh well, you know, the Big Ten is uh one of the best conferences in college basketball. Uh, especially this year and looking back even in the years I played and prior, um, the Big Ten was just, you know, a place that I felt like I could play and get a lot of exposure. Sorry if there's some noise I'm sorry. No worries, top.
1: no worries at all.
0: But, uh, yeah, the Big Ten, you know, just really, in that exposure in the New York media market, uh, I really thought could help my career. And... Uh, You know, the team that I had joined that year didn't have a lot of experience. I know we had a lot of freshmen that year. Eugene O'Marui and uh, Issa Cham. Uh, Corey Sanders was only a sophomore, going to be a junior, a sophomore. Uh, Nigel Johnson had sat out the year before, Deshaun. The guys were young, and I think they really were missing that veteran piece that, you know, gave them a leader on the floor, uh, a voice per se. And, uh, you know... The record, a record doesn't always say everything about a team. Uh, a team can be losing games and, you know, losing by four or five points a game or be in contests or getting blown out. And I think that was the difference uh, when I came. You know, we, we weren't getting beat by 20, 30 points every night. And uh, but, you know, I, I don't regret my decision at all uh coach pike was the you know one of the greatest coaches i've ever played for i have nothing but tremendous respect for the man uh what he's done for me and what he's continuing to do for the program uh and i I think people are really starting to buy into him you know the guys aren't winning every game but you know they're showing very good flashes of what what he wants this program to get to uh especially with that ohio state win and lance that's when me and you kind of touched base after that win that was a big win for the program uh So, you know, I think things are going uphill for the program, and uh, I think they'll continue to do so.
1: So let's look at the season, CJ. You know, I think you really established yourself early on as a leader and someone that the younger players on the team could lean on. Corey was obviously only a sophomore. Eugene, Issa, they were only freshmen that first year. Was that leadership role—was that something that made Rutgers so appealing to you, have the ability to take on such an important position— did Coach, you know, did he kind of rely on you for that leadership since you obviously had success at your previous school?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he uh, he knew what I had to offer in terms of playing. You know, I had that NCAA tournament experience the year prior playing against Duke in the first round. And, uh, you know, I think they, that's, they had a scholarship open. It was obviously late. Um, and I think he wanted to fill the position and, you know, it was just like uh, finding a diamond in the rough, you know, right place, right time. And everything just seemed to work out so smoothly that you can't complain. Um, uh, but yeah, like any team that's going to be loaded with freshmen and sophomores are going to need somebody with experience and leadership to kind of guide them in the right direction, to get them to play hard and uh, to buy into the process. And I think that's what I was able to do that first year.
1: And and how do you think, you know, was it something that you had to kind of grow into or did, you know, your teammates right right from the get-go, really, once they got to know you, did they really, you know, gravitate towards you? Was it something that kind of came about as the season went on, or was it kind of right from game one you were making that impact?
0: Uh, well, you know, everything really starts in the preseason. Um, you know, preseason's long, uh, individual workouts, and then by the time you actually start practices, you're, you know, you're two or three weeks out from playing. So, you get a lot of time on the floor with the guys to build relationships and chemistry. Um, and I think it happened during that time for the most part, cause you know, I'm a vocal guy and, uh, being in practices and, you know, individual workouts, just being vocal and talking on defense and just talking in general really gets these other guys motivated and shows them the need to do such as well. Um, and really we just moved forward from there and uh like you know that year I was there I developed a real good relationship with Deshaun and Deshaun's over here in the same league as I am uh right now playing and you know we still stay in contact quite frequently and uh but you know it's every team needs a leader uh and it just happened to be me that year being the oldest being the one with the most experience and uh I, it, like I said, I can, I can never say thanks enough to Coach Pike and them for uh, you know giving me the opportunity, and it, it worked out in my favor so much, and has got me to where I am today, and you know I'll be forever grateful for that.
1: You know, CJ, you go from obviously playing uh, in the Colonial Athletic Association to the Big Ten Conference, one of the you know best conferences, if not the best conference uh, in the country. What were some of the differences between the two conferences? What were some of the adjustments you had to make going from the CAA, obviously now to the big 10?
0: Well, Lance, to be honest with you, I went from a conference uh, in the CAA where uh, on any given night, I'm playing in a five man that's six, seven or six foot eight. Uh, You know, probably athletic as all can be. Um, Not a real true back to the basket type of player. So with my, uh, going to the big 10 you know i see a lot more true five men you know when i was there ethan Hap, uh who was there caleb swanigan isaac haas uh just a couple names you know to throw out there uh nick ward was there my freshman year or his freshman year sorry and uh i think the the, the style of play suited me better in the big 10 because i was able to match up better offensively and defensively with guys who are you know my size and play my style of game compared to the CAA where guys are a lot smaller than me, more likely going to be faster than me, can, you know, more athletic than me. Um, and it just didn't translate when I was at Wilmington. I averaged, I think my senior year there, I averaged like 5.4 points a game and maybe five rebounds a game. And then just to increase both of those statistics, when I got to the big 10 just shows that yeah, everything I'm saying is making that made sense playing against guys who are more my size uh, was beneficial for me.
1: You know, what was your relationship with coach Peichel and the staff? Obviously you said you had somewhat of a relationship before you came with coach young, but what was your relationship like with coach Peichel, the staff, and how did they help you grow and improve your game from when, you know, you first came to Rutgers till, you know, when you ultimately left school?
0: Well, uh, to be honest with you, they, they really trusted me. they really, you know, instilled uh, confidence in my game. They wanted me to be a guy that they could rely on to, you know, get some buckets in the paint, and you know, throw the ball into. And at Wilmington, it wasn't really like that. I I was more of like a I was a starter, but I I played more of like a just you know a role player type, like you know, scrap points and you know, garbage man type stuff. But when I got the when I got the Rutgers, they really wanted me to you know. Focus on like getting shots up, and you know, because I had the ability to do so. They they really just put all their confidence in me, and it, it made me a better player. Um, in terms of practice, they really know how to push you. They they work on stuff that not every college team works on. They work on you know specific drills for big men and, and guards. And Coach Young is very creative in what he does. And some of the things that he's had us do, do over the years, even when I was back this summer practicing with the team and individuals, you know, things are never the same with them. They, you know, they change everything. And uh, I think that's very beneficial because guys get tired of doing the same drills and the same repetitions. And it, it really just bores you. And you, you kind of like lose your focus and your, uh, your will to get better. So by changing it up, I think it really just motivates somebody to get better as a player. Um, But yeah, they're great guys. they, they they know what they're doing on and off the court. You have a good relationship with them off the court. I don't, I don't know anybody that's got a bad thing to say about Coach Peichel. Uh, Coach Young knows how to get in people's heads, but that's Coach Young. He loves, <laughs> you, at the end, he loves you at the end of the day. Uh, but, you know, he'll give you as much crap as he needs to to get you going.
1: You had to change conferences and adjust to that. You also had to adjust to different coaching styles. You know, you're under Coach Keats for four years, and obviously he coaches a certain way. You come to Rutgers, and now you're under Coach Steve Peichel. What were some of the differences between the two uh, ways they decided to coach their teams and what are some of the adjustments you had to make going from coach Keats at UNC Wilmington to now coach Peichel here at Rutgers?
0: Well, uh, Kevin Keats is a, uh, he's a great coach. He's a winner. He, uh, but his style of play just, you know, it wasn't meant for someone like me, a a true seven footer. He wants he wanted to run, you know, constantly hit his game plan was to run you out of the gym. That's offensively and defensively. It was full court press, uh, you know, pick up your man full court, match up zone defense, get the ball pushed. And, uh, you know, that, that didn't always suit me. Like I said, I was playing against guys who, you know, were 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and, you know, a lot more athletic and uh, stuff like that. So when I got to the Big Ten with Coach Peichel, you know, he really wanted to, he wanted to push the ball but not as much. He just wanted to get that first look in transition and then set up in a half-court offense. And uh, their defensive scheme was very – you know, easy to buy into. You know the midline. Coach Young will forever praise that midline, and uh, you know, as long as you buy into their system, you know you're you're bound to be in the right place. They they know where to put you. You're gonna get you're gonna get touches. You're gonna get some points. Uh, it's just all about your will to play hard.
1: So let's look at the season. You know, you guys started off great that year, six and zero, and then I believe eleven and two to end non conference play. I thought one crucial win during that stretch came in the sixth game of the season. You guys came back down double digits late to Hartford and won by two, thanks to your tip in with about seven seconds left. What do you remember about that game and that moment when you saw the ball go through the net to take the lead, you know, knowing that you guys had just come back from, I think it was, you know, double digits late in that game.
0: Well, the first thing I remember from that game is that we were down double digits to a good Hartford team. And, uh, at the time, you know, we were all very disappointed in ourselves being down double digits to a team that, you know, many expected us to kind of walk all over. But anybody can be anybody on any given day. And uh, when that moment came, you know, that, that was the greatest feeling in the world. Um, it wasn't a buzzer, buzzer beater, but, you know, it was a game winner and it it felt good. Uh, you know, the, I think that's when the fans really, really uh, developed their interest in, you know, making me uh, – you know, kind of like a cult hero, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was great. Uh, I think that kind of showed the guys that you know can never give up and continue playing, and anything can happen. And uh, we were very resilient that day, and you know it, it paid off for us.
1: Another game you also played a big role in was the opening game of the Big Ten tournament that season. You know, you helped Rutgers get their first ever Big Ten tournament win. I believe you had six points, you know, nine boards, twenty minutes. How much did it mean to you to play such a big role in such an important win for the program and for the fact that, you know, it happened against Ohio State, obviously your home state school?
0: Uh, It it was a big win. Um, I know going into that season, they hadn't won a Big Ten tournament game. I think that was the year that Ohio State was pretty down as well. Uh, Kata Bates-Diop had sat out um, for an injury. So I think we were pretty much the last two and we were the playing game to play I think the number one or the number two seed Northwestern the following night. Um, But yeah, it it was a great win. Uh, And that's really where I think coach Pike took the next step is getting that first win. Um, Prior to that, we had got our first big 10 road win that year against Penn state, which was also big. Um, But yeah, winning in the big 10 tournament, it just, it just goes a long way. especially in the postseason, to get a postseason victory. And they did that twice last year. So, you know, anytime you can get a victory in postseason play, whether it's Big Ten tournament or, you know, one of these small postseason tournaments, um, it's definitely a step forward. And uh, I think, like I, I can't continue to stress enough, they're on the right path. And, you know, they can beat anybody on any given night. And they've showed that when they beat Ohio State. And, you know, they're in all these games. It's just a few possessions that they need to, you know, take care of the ball or make better decisions they're young they're very young montez mathis is looking great right now ron harper jr looks great uh i've seen a little bit of uh isa choms disappeared a little bit we need to get him active and active in the games again and i think Issa's thing is confidence he needs to be confident he's a shooter he's six ten he can shoot the ball lights out and practice um But Geo Baker's really coming into a good role, leadership role. Uh, I think he'll be good for us for the next two years. And, you know, he's going to be a good leader for this team.
1: Besides the games I mentioned, CJ, you know, Hartford and Ohio State, what are some others that stick out to you? You know, wins or losses, what are some games that you remember from the 2016-2017 season? And what about them made them so meaningful to you? You know, why do they stick in your mind from, you know, a couple years ago?
0: Well, one game... I can mention right off the bat is the Madison square garden game against Wisconsin. Uh, We, we had the game wrapped up, but we made some costly errors at the end of the day. Uh, I believe the game went into overtime um, and we ended up losing, but it showed that at the time, Wisconsin was ranked. I'm pretty sure. And it just showed that such a young team can fight with anybody as long as you're just willing to play together. Um, Another game uh, that I have to, Remember off the top of my head would be uh, at home against Nebraska uh, when Corey uh, hit a game winner. Um, That was that was a great win. Uh, And another couple games you know that I didn't really like so much was at home against Iowa that year. An Iowa team that was kind of on the down. They were young. They came into the rack and they just absolutely pushed us around and had their way with us. Um, It was disgusting. Uh, Coach Pyko wasn't pleased, but he made sure we learned from it, and I think we did that, and uh, we moved forward. Um, but aside from that, I can't really think of any other games. Obviously, my first game was against Malloy College uh, at the Rack. You know, that's kind of where I was introduced. Um, and one other game would be Drexel. Obviously, Drexel was in the CAA um, when I was at Wilmington, and they were always, you know, a top at the top of the CAA. And, we kind of just manhandled them, and it, you know, just goes to show that Big Ten and CA there's a big difference. Um, so those are the only games I can really think off the top of my head. I could give you some of the games that you know I've watched uh, since I've been gone, but you know, Seton Hall last year was a monster win for the program. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get it done this year, uh, but yeah, they're on they're on the right on the right track moving forward.
1: What were your overall impressions, I guess, of the Rutgers fans and the Rack atmosphere? You know, I know I was a junior during that season, and I think your year here really brought back excitement to the basketball program. What did you think of how the fans embraced you and the team and really made the Rack a, a tough place to play?
0: Well, First of all, the fans are great. You know, for a program that hasn't been winning and hasn't been making NCAA tournament appearance, we get great turnouts. The rack is a great place to play. It's not the biggest venue, but it's like the fans are literally like sitting on top of the court, and it changes the game. Uh, when we ha- we had we had great student section. Obviously, we showed much love for the student section. Um, wins, losses, draws, whatever you want to call it the student section was always there to support us and we were thankful for that. Um, and they're still like that. Um, but the rack is a great place to play. Um, you know, prior to my years, big East and, you know, there were some big games to go down in the rack. So there's a lot of history at the rack. Um, and you know, I love playing there and I wouldn't trade it for anything and I would love to play there again someday. Uh, you know, what, and, and, any, any kind of game, really. Uh, I love going, I love going back to practice with the guys to play pickup with the guys. Uh, rack really feels like home. And, uh, I can't say it enough. And I've told many people this, I had more fun in one year at Rutgers than I did in four years at UNC Wilmington. And it doesn't matter that we didn't win many games. It was the most fun year of basketball I've ever had. And I really feel like I developed not only as a player, but as a person. Um, And, you know, I'm forever grateful for the opportunity that I got.
1: A couple more, CJ, before we let you go. You're currently playing in the British Basketball League, you know, most recently with the Cheshire Phoenix. You've had some really great success in that league during your early professional career. What is the experience like playing overseas in England and having the success that you are having in that league?
0: Well, you know, it's very different, uh, you know, as a professional all you have to worry about is basketball. Whereas when you're at Rutgers, you've got to worry about the school and maintaining grades and, you know, study hall and all stuff like that. Um, So really I was able to focus all my attention on basketball over here and just kind of develop my game. And, you know, some, some games are experimental, to be honest with you, you know, you try different things, you know, uh, if something's working, you keep going at it. And if something's not working, you try and switch it up and you really just learn more about yourself and your own game while you're over here um, than you do back at home. And uh, it's really reliant upon you getting better, too. You don't have coaches harping you. It's, it's literally all about if you want to get in the gym, you get in the gym. Um, and mean, you just got to make yourself better, and you just got to be willing to play hard every night and uh, just go with the punches.
1: Last one, CJ. You know, I follow you on Twitter, as I'm sure many Rutgers fans do. You often tweet support of the basketball program, you know, Coach Pikel and staff, and the current team overall. What are your impressions of the team this season and how Coach Peichel is rebuilding and improving the Scarlet Knights basketball program now, obviously, in year number three?
0: Well, Coach Peichel is doing a great job at recruiting, first and foremost. He's brought in a lot of talent. Like I said previously, Montez Mathis is, a, is an exceptional player for a freshman. He's really stepping into his role. Um, uh, Ron Harper Jr. is playing great. Um, you know, you've know, you seen the development of Eugene Omorui. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's had the injury that he had in the Ohio State game, but even with him going down as a leading scorer and rebounder, it shows that this team can just, the, the possibilities are endless with winning a game against a ranked Ohio State team without Eugene O'Marie for pretty much 30 minutes plus of the game. Um, just goes to show that coach Pikewell has these guys bought into his system. And I think that's hard for a lot of coaches to say is that everybody is bought in and, uh, he does it he does it in a great job uh he he's very you know connected with his players he'll bring you into his office and just shoot the shoot the crap with you and you know he'll uh he'll make jokes during practice and he's the funniest guy in the locker room uh i can't tell you the amount of funny times that we had with him and he just says what's on his mind and he lets it ride and you know uh he's he's a great guy I, i really have such a high level of respect for him it's like I just can't speak about it, but uh, Coach Young, all them guys, uh, Coach Knight, Coach Hobbs, uh, Coach Shoes—they're all very knowledgeable in basketball. They've been around basketball for many years, um, and they're just going to cont- continue to develop these guys and you know bring in new guys that are going to buy into the system. And uh, I think I think we can look forward to Rutgers basketball for many years to come.
1: A fan favorite during his year on the banks, helping build this Rutgers basketball program. CJ, thanks so much for your time. Good luck as you continue your professional career.
0: Thanks a lot for having me, Lance. I appreciate it.
1: I want to thank CJ for coming on the podcast all the way from England. It was great talking to him about his journey to Rutgers, his time on the banks, his relationship with Coach Peichel and the staff, his professional career, and so much more. He had nothing but great things to say about Coach Peichel, and it was really fun to discuss the 2016-2017 season with him. I think it was really meaningful when he said that he had more fun in one season at Rutgers than he had in four years at UNC Wilmington. I think that quote points to Coach Peichel and the staff's ability to work with, grow with, and develop these players. CJ really took strides as the season went on that year, emerging as a leader and making some big plays down the stretch for the Scarlet Knights. He, and that whole team really, brought excitement back to the rack that has carried over into this season and has helped the Scarlet Knights pick up some big wins over the last few years. I agree with CJ that this program is trending in the right direction, although obviously results aren't what a lot of people want them to be at this point. This season is meant for growing, so be patient. He and I'm sure all former players under Coach have the utmost confidence that this basketball team is moving in the right direction. Having CJ on was a real pleasure, and although he only played one year at Rutgers, his impact was truly great during his time on the banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.